Hey y'all, welcome to episode two of Black and Binging, where we talk all things Black and women-led in TV and film. We're your girls, Ronnie and Joy, and on today's episode, if you're Black, you should have binged Harlem. We're talking about episodes one through four today with some popcorn. So today I am eating Boom Chicka Pop. Oh, can we see it? Sweet and salty kettle corn. Oh my gosh. What, do you, what popcorn do you have today, Ronnie? Still lame. I need to get my popcorn up. It's popcorn. Pop that's some good popcorn still. I mean, yeah, it's good. It's, it'll do. It'll do for episodes one through four. When we get to the latter half of Harlem, you know, I'll step my game up. Those of you guys that don't know, Harlem is one of Amazon Prime's latest show, and it's centered around four Black women. Camille, Ty, Quinn, and Angie. And we get to see how they interact professionally with their love lives, friendships, and the most important part, navigating the gentrification that's happening in Harlem. So with that, let's get started with episode one. Uh, let's do it. Also, this is a Megan Good um, production. We just got to throw that in there. Megan Good is all up in this. So, okay. So first thing that happens in this episode, they have this um, I guess the storyline of the Masua tribe of women, which is a society where a man is never the boss. So they kind of start the episode with that, um, talk about what it would be like to live in this Masua world where like men aren't in control. So Ronnie, uh, do you think you thrive in an environment or in a world where women controlled everything? Is that something you'd like for your life? Hell yes, girl. I control everything <laughs> in my life right now. That okay. ain't no problem. <laughs> Uh, excuse me so you thrive off of you think you thrive off of telling a man what to do and everything that you say they just say yes I consider myself to be an alpha woman like I know I know what I like in all aspects of life um it I am stubborn at times so it's hard for me to like see the other person's point of view I am working on it so um not to say I want someone to like yes me to death but if you just have the same point of mind, then we're gravy. We're smooth sailing. Interesting. She doesn't like conflict and she likes to be the boss of everything. Noted. Ronnie is a Masua woman. Moving on. Period. Are you? Um, I think that ideally it would be like, yeah, I would love if we were just in control of everything, but I like a little bit of pushback. I like to have different perspectives. I don't want someone who's just like, yes, to everything I say. I just don't think I'd be truly happy with a life like that. With this Masua world thing, they start moving through the episode and Camille has this connection with one of her students actually. And he implements this Masua world idea. And he asks, I guess, Camille out or whatever, um, or to hook up, we'll say. They right. have a little hookup. I will say he dropped her class. We don't want people thinking okay. Camille is like me too, taking her power and abusing yeah. it so he dropped the class so he wasn't her student so it wasn't a conflict of interest and asked to hook up with her they do that and as soon as they're about to start hooking up I guess his name was Malik he raises his legs as she's about to go down and give him head it was, stop running why are you doing that shit so yeah he raises his legs um thoughts on his ass ate. I'll just say it. Yeah, she and like I think what she called, she was staring down like the barrel of his asshole is where she said, I don't know what I would do in a situation like that. 
I'd probably just throw up right there. I was going to say I'd puke. <laughs> I literally throw I'd- up. But then Angie, which is one of the other um, characters, makes an interesting point that do we actually care? Because head, vagina, all that shit is in the same area. Like if you're giving head, if you're licking balls, I don't know what y'all do in the bedroom. Is it all the same area or is there a limit? That's true because, excuse me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but like you ever, I'm not going to put your business out, but like the goose it's like in between both. So if right. you're doing that, if you down, you might as well slide into the hospital. Hey, we're not here to tell y'all what y'all should do in the bedroom. But I just thought we had to mention that because that was all over Twitter when that us uh, uh, scene dropped. It was kind of wild. Let uh, us know in the comments. Right, y'all eating, y'all, y'all eating the ass. <laughs> <Y'all> eating <it. laughs> so then, on the same line of sex we also sometimes comes love. And one of the characters, Ty, who is a black lesbian on the show, uh, decided to, and she's in tech. So she made a dating app called Q that is dedicated to queer women of color. Um, She, I think is implements what a Musua woman is, what an alpha woman is. Um, And she's just boss. And we see kind of see her being like, having it all in her professional life in comparison to the other ladies in the group. Would you agree? Yeah, she's the one who got it all together professionally. She is doing the damn thing and just changing. I love that we have this storyline of a queer woman of color in tech. Like, I think it's just defying all odds and it's super dope. So, yeah. Is one scene that struck out to me, kind of like, the two women, Camille and Angie, were walking down the street and Camille spots her ex, um, who later we find out his name is Ian, kind of like at the corner of the street. And I wanted to know, and they, she's like freaking out and they're like hiding up somebody's porch so they, they aren't seen by Ian. Have you ever been in an awkward situation where you run into an ex unexpectedly especially after a bad ending, because what I will say personally is that I don't have Camille's luck. Like usually the ex spots me first and I'm like, and they'll be the first person that I run into at an event. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, can't relate. Can't relate. I stay away. But then again, I move a lot. So my ex is like, I, I really just set new grounds in new cities and states. So I have never actually had that. But like, I always think about that. Like, what would I do if I ran into my ex in any situation? I'd probably like freak out. I don't yeah. know. I'd probably be hiding just like Camille and them. Like, don't talk to me. I don't want to see it. Unless I'm looking like a bad bitch. Then I'm going to do everything I need to do. So you can see me and remember what you had and now lost. Okay. Period. So yeah. That's awkward, but moving on. So we've talked about Ty. We've talked about Camille running into her ex. Um, Then we're going to start talking about a little bit about Angie and Quinn. So Angie, (laughs) Angie has this really fun, loud personality, uh, just super outgoing. She just says whatever's on her mind. But then we have Quinn, who is more of a desperate, I need love. And I just, I want a man to pay attention to me. And she has this scene where she has this horrible, horrible date, like in the club, gets stood up, 
um, by a man. He takes her purse. She loses everything in Long Island. And it's horrible. Ronnie, you have any weird or crazy date stories like that where a man stands you up? I don't have one where he... do. No, I probably had somewhere they stand me up, but it's not like we never actually went on the date. Like they'll like flake mm-hmm. prior to. But when I saw that scene and my heart went out to Quinn because y'all, her and Angie had gotten to a little like argument. So she stood her ground and was like, I'm not going to show you that I'm like some privileged girl. Child, she slept on a bench on Long Island. They live in Harlem. The name of the show was called Harlem. Okay. <laughs> um, But one horrible date story was the actual date itself was great. And then he invited me to his place afterwards. And I was like, okay, like great conversation. I didn't get the vibe that he was going to like do anything I wasn't comfortable with doing. Honey, long story short, place was a hot ass mess. Gross. His attire was a hot ass mess. Holes in his then when it was time for me to, oh, there was a fly in my wine or a little fruit fly, something in the wine he poured me. And then the ribbon on top was that when I was about to head out, I asked to use the bathroom before I left. Um, and there was shit in the toilet that hadn't been flushed. Oh, Ronnie, stop. I can't. I cannot. That is. And after that, I do not go to people's homes. I, I would never men are already like borderline like messy but that's just dirty that's just disgustingly dirty yeah. okay so we get through this episode and that's the pilot um I think we start episode two talking about dick energy mm-hmm. dick energy and being haunted by dick energy um which is basically it's like I guess a man dicks you down so or a woman because in this case you know, Ty says she got dick energy and I believe it. Um, that a man or a woman dicks you down so good that it haunts you. Like you just, it haunts you. Has that ever happened to you, Ronnie? I think the show didn't want to like get any copyright infringements against them, but I think their dick energy equals dickmatized. I think is what they were trying to say. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> that definitely makes oh. sense. I feel like, I don't, I feel like we all, I think a lot of women go through it. Okay. I do. I think it's something relatable. I think, you know, if you take out the, if you take it out and you get somebody new and they like putting it down, even the same level or better, it's like, who? Right. True. True. It's all a distraction. Well, Ty's dick energy um she she builds up the confidence she was dating some girl or I guess really just kind of fuck trying to fuck her or whatever and uh she has this thing where she breaks up with herself for these other people so she basically stages like a breakup to make it feel like the other person's breaking up with them um so they meet but the the twist here is that the other girl which her name is Shayla is trying to break up with Ty too and Ty ends up getting broken up with first which was hilarious because you, you know, you, you hurt because you don't want to be the one who's getting broken up with, especially when that's like, that's your plan. Like, I'm trying to break up with you. Have you ever done that? Like, knew that it was coming and tried to beat someone to the punch? Uh, I might have back like 
in my younger days, like just being manipulative, like just trying to twist the story and make people be like, well, you know, if I, or if I wanted out of something, I'd make them feel a way about it. So they break up with me and I didn't have to hurt feelings. I'm like that, but I do it out of the kindness of my heart, not trying to hurt someone else. Oh, so you're the opposite of Ty. Like you, you set down the, I guess, clues, but you don't actually do the breaking up. Like, I feel like Ty as a part of her having her dick energy is like very mass, very. Oh yeah. I'm letting you down. It's, it's me, not you, but still oh, yeah. a breakup nonetheless. I'm opposite, but it's more like, I'm going to give you that mass energy, but I'm really the one in control. See? Oh, okay. So you're like more mastermind about it. Yeah, sure. You know me, I'm upfront. Like oh. even, <laughs> I feel like even like an unofficial breakup, like Ty and Shayla, they were, I guess you would call it a couple, but not even like a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like even now, like if I'm like casually dating somebody, I'll try to like stop talking first or like Ooh. end it first. You, so you play the the love games that, oh, who, who's gonna, I wanna be chased or I'm gonna, I'm gonna initiate this. You play love games. Yeah, I, you got to. I was not playing, I was playing checkers before when I should have been playing chess. Ooh. Now I play chess, honey. And Ooh. I read the signs. I know when someone is about to like, you know, the energy and everything just starts acting different. So the minute I like detect that. It's a wrap. You know, from me. Oh, all right, Ronnie, you, you got it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that there. Leave that there. So we moved through this episode. Um, so I guess, do you want to go into this engagement party and talk about your girl Camille a little bit? Because she is such a hater. Joy just, in, in the intro, y'all, we're going to say, I'm Ronnie and this is a hater because Joy always hating on somebody. First episode, she was hating on Lawrence and y'all called it out. Y'all saw it and y'all called it out. How she hating on Camille, Megan Good's character in this series? That's the main person. I love me some Megan Good, but Camille, honey, is a mess. A whole mess. So, <laughs> a large part of episode two is that Camille gets invited to her friend Britt's engagement party. Britt and Paul are getting married. The catch to that is who introduced Britt and Paul, Camille, and her ex Ian. And since we already said in episode one, she saw that Ian was back in Harlem. Obviously, he's going to be at the engagement party. So unlike the first episode when she didn't mean to spot him on the sidewalk, now she knows that she's about to see her ex. And She's bringing it like she's trying on outfits. She's practicing what she's going to say. And then the when they finally do run into each other at the party, she says the most awkwardest thing, but Joy thought it was hilarious. I, I did think it was hilarious. I low-key want to coin, like, I love that coin term. She says, um, what did she say? So she shakes his hand or they have this awkward moment. She's like, I don't know the proper ex to kit because, you know, get it, we're exes. I love corny shit like that. That's some dumb shit I would say because I'm nervous, like, <laughs> and like knee slap or some something corny like that. But um, I guess what is the proper ex to kit like when you're running into your ex, 
Um, but more important, let, let's talk about the icing on the cake because it's not just them running into each other. He pulls up with a date. He pulls okay. up with a date who's a bad bitch also because we know- And she people. ain't black. I'm mad at that. Oh, she is not black. And she got a British accent. That was the sprinkle on top. She was so pretty. Her name is uh, Myra, Mira. Um, what is the etiquette for that? How are you acting? Child, I'm acting like I'm calling my nigga. <laughs> He's on the way. That's what she, she was like, catch me if you can. I'm over here having fun. She was like trying to make it seem like, you know, she was good. But like, I'd be crying internally. That is so cringe. Like, it's one thing to run into an ex, but now you got a, a bad bitch on your arm too. Yeah. I would have definitely done what Camille did, which was like try to leave the party early. But to me, here goes another like super awkward black <laughs> like she was just doing too much I would have kept it cool in front of them but definitely like bawled my eyes out or was like embarrassed I had to get myself together in the restroom but she made it a bit too awkward um and I don't know if that girl had since like uh Ian's current girlfriend if she had since that because I would have been like what's her issue right yeah I don't think she did she was more she was bubbly one of those just like I'm so happy to be here like I don't think she sensed it at all and clearly she didn't sense nothing because I guess later Ian goes outside to um smoke his joint or whatever Camille is trying yep Camille is trying to sneak out and of course the two run into each other outside um I guess. This is one thing I didn't like. Ian had the typical line there. You look good. What am I supposed to look of like? Of course. Of course I look good. No. I feel like I look better whenever I'm not with, single. Single. Mm-hmm. Of course, because you try harder. When you when you take it, I got my man. I'm good. I'm locked up. <laughs> not saying it's not a reason to be a bad bitch still, of course. But like when you single, it's just more of the the thrill of it, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, he had that typical line, like, dang, you look good or whatever. Um, they had a moment, they talked, they laughed. I guess um, I guess they were both a little toxic in this moment. Um, because Camille there, she goes and makes a move and plants one on Ian. Basically, Ooh. she she plant gives him a kiss and starts making out with him. Um and in the, I guess, heat of the moment, his girlfriend, Mira, walks out, but doesn't see anything. She didn't see anything. Right. Perfect away. timing. I don't know how she didn't see nothing, because I would have been like, wait, now, this is the second time we're all together. Who is this bitch? What the fuck is going on? But she didn't see anything. She came out. Camille's flustered. Uh, Ian's flustered. And they leave. Right? And I guess later that night, Ian shows up on Camille's doorstep. Right? Right. And this is how they end the episode. Camille, I mean, Ian comes, he's like, I had something on my heart and I wanted to tell you. And basically he comes out and says that, Ronnie, you want to tell him what the fuck he says? Because he proposed. 
And then she, I mean, then I would, I, at that moment, since it's more of an intimate setting, I just kissed you. I threw myself on you. That moment, she had every right to like get upset and cry and everything that she did in front of him. I would have too. For sure. Um, Because that's embarrassing. And I think he was so like toxic for even doing that. Because he knew he could have pulled away, but he was into that kiss too. Um, but yeah, that's why you never, so she sat there and poured her heart, heart out to him at first and was like, you know, I've missed you. And I, I know like things didn't end well. And, oh my God. All for him to say, I'm engaged. That's why you don't pour out your heart to a man. I mean, I'm a, what, what you got to say, tell me first. And then I'm going to tell you what I, what I think after. Cause uh-uh. oh, I was going to say typical nigga shit. Don't come for me. It is, I mean, is it though? For you to, yes, I feel like it is. Like you trying to make things work and he like, nah, I'm good. Nah. I'm like good. it's more like he let her sit there, let her dumbass say all these feelings. I guess feelings make me cringe. Like that idea of being like really vulnerable. Like she really like opened, poured out her heart to him. And then he was like, well, yeah, that's nice, but I got a fiance. I'm, he wanted to hear what she had to say. Mm-mm. Nope. Would you come here for? Would you have to say? Oh, okay. And then that's gonna determine how I move it with the what I say next. Mm-mm. See, she jumped the gun with that. She probably thought like, "Ooh, I planted like that kiss on him real good. He must be coming over to like, you know." So she was just super eager. Yeah. And I- then it ended up backfiring. Right. Poor Camille. Right. Poor Camille. So we go on to the next episode. Um, this is episode three. And this is poor Camille all around. Right. She was just crying, going through it. Her friends already know when they broke up, I guess, what, five years ago. Same thing. She's in the bed eating. She can't, she smells, she's not showering, all that stuff. So, you know, that's a uh, Camille uh, for the most part in episode three. Um, but then we also see her having a downfall um, in her professional life as well. Oh, yeah. Because she's an adjunct professor at Columbia and she's been trying all this time to get her tenure. Um, and her supervisor has just been suspended. And now we're introduced to her new direct report, Dr. Pruitt played by Whoopi Goldberg. Ooh. And their relationship is off to a rocky start. Cause Dr. Pruitt is letting her know, honey, if you want this tenure spot, you got to earn it. Yeah, period period and I mean I get it I get it you gotta get on the side I feel like in this episode one thing about um Camille is she's very like I guess and I guess most of us as black people we're like oh look it's another it's a black professor here like she got me what's up like she kind of came up to Dr. Pruitt with that energy like oh my god it's another black woman what's up but Dr. Pruitt was not feeling that energy at all. And I think Camille was kind of expecting them to just vibe just because, but like you said, all skin folk ain't kin folk. And I think that is something for sure with Dr. Pruitt. She is not one of those sisters that is about to, you know, be right. on your side or be on your team, really. Right. But here's when Joy is like, comes at things with a little more harsher lens than I do, because I don't this is only four episodes so I don't know how their relationship will evolve and I will say maybe Dr. Pruitt is just one of those people that she wants to see black people work just as hard and not it's not 
think like, oh, just because we're both black, I'm going to give you a handout. Exactly. Like, this is my first day at the job. Let me see what you can do first. Exactly. So. I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that wholeheartedly. Like, and I think Camille, she just came in there like, la, 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 black woman, a black woman, put me in your spot. What's up? It's <laughs> like, it don't work like that. So one of my favorite things about this episode is the white audacity. So I think Harlem does an amazing job with just sprinkling in like the audacity of white people. And this episode specifically had me dying. So there's, I'm going to let you speak on um, Anna and Ty, but my thing where I was literally like, white people are literally like this was when, um, so there was a professor and they're sitting there, they're talking about him getting a DNA test and that he was 3% Japanese. Okay. Like, yeah, I always, I always knew I liked sushi and calligraphy. It, it just made sense. What, what are you talking about? Why are people always trying to be a mix of something? No, sir, you are just white and just let it be like, and then right. he said something about, um, I think one of the other students, she's like Lenape, Native American. She's like, oh, thank you so much for, for everything you've done while totally ignoring Camille, who was like a black woman who like, you know, like ignoring the whole thing of slavery and black people and what they've done for this country. But of course, to the Native, Amer Native American students, like, well, thank you. It's just, you know, white people just be out of touch. And I think this episode was so funny in how they sprinkled that in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then on Ty's end, her facing the white audacity is that she has that dating app cue, like we had discussed. And she's being highlighted in Forbes and getting a feature in it. And it turns out that the journalist who's interviewing her for the profile feature is a white woman named Anna who she hooked up with a day or two ago. And so they kind of squash it out saying like, okay, we'll keep it professional for the interview. But it seems like Anna is being a little shady and throwing them digs during the actual interview um, questioning whether her app is inclusive or not because it only focuses on Black queers um, and then asking her about interracial dating and would she either, she was basically telling Ty that for you to say you'd have sex with a white woman but not date a white woman, that's okay for your book. But if I were to say that I'd only have sex with a black woman but won't date a black woman I'm fetishizing black women and that was just like the audacity because it's not the same thing that's like you can't call a black person racist because by definition we can never be right see we'd be on the same yes we'd be on the same and I was just like mind your business is this the part of the interview sis like why you gotta throw our personal business in my Forbes interview right now like that's like what I'm thinking Ty like is going through her head because relevance right like, and then it's kind of like whenever black people do make something for us everyone wants to throw a conniption like nope. let us just have it let us, we, we need black, it's not even that we need it. That's what we wanted to do. I want this black dating app for just black queers. Boom. So we go from there, the audacity of white people, but then we have a moment with Angie. I know we haven't talked much about Angie, but we kind of get to see a little bit of her love life here. Uh, she gets into 
an Uber and meets this artist. So Angie's an artist. She's an actress uh, slash singer slash, you know, chasing the dreams of being a performer in Harlem. And she gets in this Uber and she meets another artist. He's a poet. He's sweet. He's smooth with the words. They have this amazing Uber drive. And then she forgets to get his number. So she's the rest of the episode. She's using Quinn's Uber app and canceling and reserving and canceling and reserving, trying to find her Uber driver. His name is Emmanuel. She's trying to find him, trying to find him. She's like, oh my God, you know, being a hopeless romantic, whatever, goes through the episode doing all this. And she gets home or whatever, like later in the episode. And Emmanuel happens to be her Postmates delivery guy and brings her cookies. So she's like, that is a definition of a cute me. Right. (laughs) A meat cute, cute meat, whatever it's called. Whatever. But it definitely came back to her and she deserved. I was like, I love that for you, sis. And of course, you know, Angie, she's wild. She was like, well, she wanted to go fuck him in the car. So what did they go do? Fuck them in the Uber that they drove around in all day. Um, she gets the dick, whatever. They're talking and they start talking about, I don't know how he brings it up. They just start talking about their dreams or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I live in my car. Uh, and she was like, Cause she wants round two back at his place and oh, he's like we're in it and she's like come again he's like we're in it she's like you was out the door right she was like, <laughs> and i think this was a really like it was an interesting moment because me being a creative and an artist like i always think like what are you willing to sacrifice to pursue your art? So Emmanuel, the Uber driver, he's literally living his creative dream. He writes, he does everything he wants to do, but the sacrifices, he don't make no damn money. So he's living out his car and he's doing Uber. Angie, on the other hand, she's like, I'm not taking this job, that job. I'm just going to live off my best friend's couch. I don't really care um, because whatever. But she then decides after seeing Emmanuel living out her car, she's like, well, I am about to do this. Let me go take that crappy job I didn't want because I'd rather take a job than be living out of my car. So yeah. I guess um, it just it, it it's just an interesting thing. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice for a job? Or are you willing to take on a shitty job just for survival purposes? Right. Um, I would say in the beginning, I would probably take, a shitty job for survival purposes but after having a job that most people would think is a dream job but the culture and the work environment was very toxic that made it shitty for me now I'm very selective about what I take so I would say now I have the mindset of a manual if Ubering makes me happy and I don't mind sleeping in my car then I would go that route mm-hmm. um I don't know if I would go that to that extreme, but I do get his mindset. Like it seemed like he even put the light bulb in uh, Angie's head at first to say, F, get out the musical. Like you need to do some real raw deep shit. Right. Uh, but clearly, even though Angie thinks of herself as that, she may not be as real and raw and deep as she truly believes because like you said, she goes back to take that job. Right, right. I mean, in her situation, she needed to go take the job, sis. You need to get your life. Right. I completely get it. So uh, Angie's love life is over here. And here we have Quinn again. 
poor desperate Quinn is back on the prowl for her man and she's been talking to this guy on this prestige app and he's perfect he writes all day he's doing everything that she needs him to do but they haven't met or facetimed yet so in this episode we finally see that this guy white guy uh facetimes him and he's real he's cute and he's like are you are you down for a uh, date and she's like yes yes you know just eager eager. desperate oh my god so embarrassing and she's like well um it's like before he could even ask the question she's like yes yes I love that and right girl relax he didn't even freaking ask you anything (laughs) so basically I guess the point of that was just um do you video verify the men you meet on online dating before you actually go meet them to make sure they're not catfishes so the thing about it is, do it call me crazy? I can't get with the dating apps. Not right now. I'm more, I'm more of an Angie. I need a cute me. I need like organic in-person vibes. Running think- into each other at a coffee shop, bumping into each other, dropping the books and starting a romantic life together. Yes, I feel that. Tell me, so me. I had Hinge for three apps. I said three apps, three days. Okay, <laughs> and got anxiety. I had to delete it. Too many notifications. Too many people. It freaked me out that people wanted to meet me, and we had only talked for like thirty minutes, and they were already setting up dates. I'm and like, oh, Ronnie, they were starstricken. They're like, I've never seen her on a dating app before. I got to meet her ASAP. Next, like, <laughs> not next. <laughs> no, you are capping. But I know you have done online dating. Oh yeah, I video verify. I need you to, video verify. I video verify, Instagram verify. I'm a Google you. I'm a look. I looked up one guy's LinkedIn one time and I didn't realize at the time that it shows who views your profile. He's like, did you search me on LinkedIn? I was like, oh, I was just making sure I was verifying your employment. I'm sorry. Like, but I look up everything. And I like to see a man on like Instagram first, just to see their vibe, what they post, make mm-hmm. sure they're not serial killer. Not that, I mean, Instagram, we kind of putting on for the world but let me just see how you move a little bit before I actually go out with you but uh, right it's a Quinn story even after video verifying this man she still got played she shows up to the date with this man and it's a pyramid scheme there's like 30 other women in the room he has lobster rolls he promised her lobster for dinner he got lobster rolls to give out and um he's talking about making them salespeople for his pyramid scheme that had I wouldn't have even told my friends about that. I would not have. I even- probably would have lied and said, "Oh, what's the- he took me to the finest restaurant? We right. had a great time." But you know, his personality was a bit dry. Right. I wouldn't have even said I got. That was a different kind of play. And then she couldn't get home because all day Angie was on her Uber app playing games her uber app got suspended so she had to walk home in the rain after a night like that poor quinn she just be going through it and i think that is literally a note that don't be out here chasing love because you just you just go through too much when you just just chill just chill. yeah she you is a definite desperate for oh, sure it's so bad but one thing though that i do like about the show and we see in episode four and even though it may not be like as in our face, they do it subtly. And I guess it's for us as viewers to pick up. We see that Quinn has to like bounce back from having that horrible uh, dating experience on Prestige. We see uh, Camille 
finding out her ex is now engaged and then also not having the best relationship and getting that tenure like she thought she would from Dr. Pruitt. And um, they make mention of therapy. So Black women in therapy, we love that. Um, and then they're also talking about therapy and their issues in yoga class, which is another form of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a new year, 2022. We all have these goals and stuff that we want to accomplish. I want to know, I'm checking my girlfriend, Joy. Are you like, what ways do you show yourself love? How are you helping yourself get to that higher self? Like just checking in. I need to know. Yes. Yes, ma'am. So that's actually on my like top to do list for 2022 is putting self-care first and finding a therapist, like making sure I'm talking about my problems, not just sitting on things. I'm not moving through life with trauma and hurting people, hurting myself. So, um, definitely looking for a black therapist this year. I'm not really, I've done yoga. I'm not into the yoga space, but I try to meditate. I'm journaling every night. I'm setting my intentions before bed. I'm just trying to be a lot more present this year um, with the intention of like that pouring into myself and me loving myself more. So that's how I'm taking care of myself this year. How are you taking care of yourself? What are your uh, self-care rituals? I love that. I actually have a black therapist. And when I hear people say like, oh, I'm looking for a black therapist. I'm like, I feel blessed Yes. Um, to have one. But one of my intentions is to be more consistent because I did fall off towards the end of the year. Another thing for any of you people listening that are looking into mm-hmm. therapy, it may sound like a no brainer, but like, listen, it actually apply what your therapist is advising you or like shedding light on because it took me about probably over a year to be like oh shit when I actually listen to what Cynthia says my life seems a bit better right wow wow yeah that's a big thing Mm -hmm. and then you know journaling I love my crystals I love my sound therapy aromatherapy and um I guess my what would be my yoga is hopefully I get back into the gym um, because I did see my anxiety and stress levels go down when I was working out and the booty was poking a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. The confidence be poking out when, when you're in the gym. Okay, okay. I feel that. And then while they're in yoga, I think they were just talking about their frustrations, Camille and Quinn. And they just start saying like- They were like, niggas ain't shit. The yellow niggas ain't shit. The black, they was just going in about- Ooh, niggas. Like, they just said the rainbow of all niggas ain't shit. And <laughs> I related to that because as Joy mentioned, the person that Quinn got like scammed on on the Prestige app was a white person. So when they were naming different colors of the rainbow, I'm like, I'm not alone because I call anybody a nigga regardless of race. Like I'm driving, I'll be like, look at this nigga here. And he right. could be, he could be Asian. Right. And I'd be trying not to do that. I'd be like, all right, that's not actually a nigga. Like I don't even want to give him that title, but I say that stuff sometimes too. I'd be like this yellow nigga or this <laughs> But um, so, yeah, they have this funny moment and their white yoga teacher is like, um, I don't like to tolerate what racial epithets is that what she they was looking like, uh, you know, we black and can say nigga, right? Like, 
She was like, well, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. They got up and started twerking. And it was like, nigga, 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 nigga. I was like, that was a top tier moment because that's some shit I would do too. Like, I could say nigga, you could kick me out, but nigga, 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 and you still can't say it, nigga. Right. Like, next, goodbye. Next nigga. It's like, no. Right. <laughs> next nigga, like, come on. Are you kidding? But I thought that was so funny. And it was just such a real black moment for one. You're in your self-care moment. And then it's just like, white people still white people in? Like, damn. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> controlling you at all times or trying to at least so one character ty she's kind of mia for a bit but that's because sis has been getting ready for her Forbes shoot because she did the interview now it's all about the photo shoot and child she had a hair malfunction oh my god so where now she is wearing one of andy's looks like a stripper wig right long curly it was long and curly right yeah definitely like a like a ten dollar beauty supply store wig not that cute yeah mind you you know synthetica yeah ty is not a femme looking woman she does not wear the long hair so it was just yeah it was not working for her but i felt her meltdown because i may get backlash but i kind of hate when people say i am not my hair like I hate that I feel like I am very much my hair and before before I think I was my hair but for the wrong reasons like I wanted it to be straight I wanted it to look as eurocentric as possible I wanted to look super neat but I think now black women and men who wear their natural hair or even if they don't wear their natural hair out but I think black people as a whole We've always, hair and how we style it has always been a part of culture, has told stories. It could mm-hmm. like dictate what tribes you come from, right. like taking it all the way back to Africa. So I hate how like that whole NDIRE, like I am not my hair thing came about. I get the message and meaning behind it, but I also think we are so much our hair and it can tell someone who we are as a person without even having to utter a word so I felt for Ty when it's like here I am a queer black woman showcasing my app there's not many of us in tech and my barbers fucked me up right right barbers fucked her up the black lady fucked her up and what put a perm in her hair and then it started it was all straight and it was a mess so but I I feel that statement the whole I'm not my hair thing because I feel like hair plays a big part of confidence it's how you look it's how you carry yourself and I think if you are your hair you are your hair your hair does what it does for you let it be that but um I think Ty definitely had a a little moment, but what made me cringe, and I, when I mean cringed, you don't have to be your hair, but what we're not going to do is ask a white woman to validate our hair. So Ty is in there, she's having a breakdown, and the white journalist from previous um, me that she had sex with, hooked up with, comes in and is like, oh, I was looking for you, whatever, you're taking so long, but now I see why you're all glammed up. She got this wig on, whatever. So yeah, she's like telling her I had a, a, a hair meltdown and she gonna rip off her wig in front of this white woman and allow this white woman to validate, oh my God, I love your short haircut. Like, or I love your, what is it? Your big, it almost is like a big chop because she's now bald or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like rocking like a lean, lean away vibe. You know, I love lean away. So she was given very much lean away vibe. 
what we're not going to do is let a white woman validate that. Right. You couldn't call Camille or call your black sisters on FaceTime and be like, how do I look? Because that made me cringe. We might not be our hair, but we definitely gonna let sisters validate our hair. I don't want no white woman telling me, oh my God, yes, that's such a look. Yeah. No, I feel that. They can only tell me it's a look when I know it's a look. Bottom line is, if I'm not feeling my hair and a white person is telling me, no, it looks so nice in my head, I'd be like, bitch, you lying. Right. But then now you mentioned something earlier that her tape wasn't even fired. So you guys are telling me. If if Camille would have saw it or your black or Angie, then I'm like, girl, go tape that up because that don't look good. Yeah, but of course the white women they don't know about that, so we just we just gonna let that rock. But I cringe so hard at that. I yeah. cringe so hard at that. Yeah, and so Ty's getting the photo shoot on, and things are looking up for Camille because she was on a panel earlier in the episode with someone else who's also in the same field that she is, um, and his name is Jameson, and he grows a liking to her and asks her out on a little date date. And he takes her to, uh, uh, what would you call it? Kind of like a secret arcade. Like a, yeah, secret barcade kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they're, I think it's cute because they're like having a little friendly competition. I feel like it's first date. You don't really know a person. So you want to make sure like it's not just a formal sit down dinner where you don't have anything to say to each other. Right. Um, but then one thing popped in my head and maybe that's me being on TikTok too much. Sometimes the rich black girl TikTok tries to tell you what's acceptable as a date and what's not. So would you accept an arcade date night as a date or would you say thank you next? Yes. Yes. I, but then again, I'm super simple in date last. I don't, I don't want the, the flowers and the expensive dinners. Like I want something that's tailored to like what I like. If it's something small, you could take me to like Piedmont Park, put a blanket out and we just sit and talk or paint or whatever. Like something simple to me, it's, it's the thought that counts for me for all dates. I'm just genuinely like that. I don't believe in men having to spend all their dollars on me for a first date because we don't even know if we like each other yet. Like let's do something simple that we're, we're doing something we like. And I, I validate that as a date. Like we're getting to know each other. That's the whole thing the date. Would you have considered that a date? Complaining. What? Goes, when she can't. When I get what? When she start getting cheap ass Christmas gifts. Well, listen, but even so, I don't even care about that. Don't I don't I don't have the dreams of having a Birkin or like a Rolly. Like I don't give a fuck about that. Like I'm joking, y'all. I'm not superficial. Clearly, Ronnie is like oh, what? He paid $5 for these arcade games? That's not enough. No, I do love stuff like that. As long as it, as long as you plan it out, like, I feel like it's not a date if I'm doing all the work. Fair. So even if you literally plan out, like you said, like a picnic, you bring all the supplies, you, you do, do it all and be organized. Otherwise, I'm just like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> so that happens. And I guess before that, we're missing a chunk um but so before that before uh Camille ends up with Jameson they're out at a girls night um at this strip club male strip club because this is a big part and uh they're there and I don't even 
I know his name in the show, but I'm going to call him by what I know him because he still looked like the same man from like 20 years ago. Arnez, what was his last name? It's not Washington. Is it Arnez Washington? I don't know. Arnez from one-on-one, the the light skin with the eyes is the stripper. And when he comes out with his, oh my, he literally looks like Arnez from when we were like kids. It was, oh my gosh, she doesn't age. Oh my God, so, so beautiful. But um, anyway, Arnez, his name is Sean in the show, but Arnez and Quinn end up having a little moment. Like he pulls her up on stage. He's doing, you know, the, the sex dancing and, you know, grinding or whatever. And he takes her to the back and they're having a moment. They're talking like this. They're not even being sexual in the back. They're just talking about like, what's your favorite color? And they realize they have all this stuff in common. Um, but Quinn is like, you know, I'm, I'm at this phase where I'm tired of the good guy. I'm not about to do this whole dating thing with you. Um, I don't want that. But what I do want is some dick, basically, is what she said. And she basically initiates having a hookup, no strings attached. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on the energy? You got? Do you have that energy where you can ask a man, like, off rip, like, what's up? So she is very, I feel like circling back to episode one channeling her inner masua woman calling the shots i will say i have definitely called the shots as well Mm. i did that once and learned from it and ladies if y'all listening i'm gonna put y'all on game because i literally tell all my friends that let me hear so here's my theory or at least my experience from it when i was very upfront and vocal or vocal about okay all i want is sex I feel like the guy's energy and like interest and effort that he put in went from like 100 all the way down to zero. And like, I don't want to just be a call when you have sex. Like I still want to go out on a date, like still be romanticized. You get what I'm saying? No, man, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to. You just said all you want is sex. And now you want the man to put an effort and court you just for some, some pussy, like, it's not adding up. Like, you know, I'm, why is not adding up? I just want sex, but you have to call me and still talk to me and be nice to me. I don't That's want a relationship. <laughs> what? Ronnie? Yeah, I'm about to, let me. Because what? All I'm saying is, ladies, if you just want sex from a guy, don't say it. Just do the act because him. yeah because they it like shoots their <laughs> ego you said <laughs> i said bamboozle them and you're like yeah yeah bamboozle them Damn, that's fucked up ronnie we don't have to disagree to uh, agree to disagree on this one because that's enjoy kind of playing fun. enjoy playing checkers while i'm trying to teach you how to play chess how is that checkers that that's just <laughs> listen if you just want sex and the niggas stop putting in effort, are you still getting the sex or no? Because that's what you, what you asked for. Now, if you want a man to do a little bit more, it's going to be more than sex. Like, I feel like that's what happens with us women that we're like, oh, I just want sex. And then they, but you want like them to court you a bit and, and be more, and then they fall in love and we're like, oh my God, but I just want a dick though. Uh uh-uh, uh, because now I'm about to Google it. What's that oh city God. girl song? Oh What's the city girl song? Let me know, cause where they, right they where they teach you that city. So Ronnie's getting her information from the city girls. Just so y'all note that, write that down. Ronnie's a city girl, and she talking about real last bitch. Give a fuck about a nigga. That's what what you think about. That's the song. 
No. Up, you can get snatched up. That's the one. Um, God uh, damn. Dip on niggas. Oh, <laughs> dip on niggas. <laughs> I feel that energy. But if I'm on that, why does he have to be on? Oh my God, let me talk to you. Do all this stuff for me. He he got that same energy. I'm a fucker. Then I'm dipping on sis. Dun, 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 dun. I'm dipping on sis. Dun. Lord have mercy. Hookup culture is it. It's say make him think you love him, take his money, then you dip on niggas. Okay. Joy's missing a key part on that. Take his money. Okay. <laughs> oh my Ronnie. I can't. I can't. Ronnie is the type. She's gonna scam y'all niggas. So you shouldn't have even put this out here because you know I'm gonna use this clip. You know I'm gonna use this clip. Me and Young Miami, we both Aquarius, per. <laughs> even my Scorpio energy, I'm not even on that shit. Like, that is so messed up. And maybe- Well, I'm I, always I, the clip. Can we get a clip of you? I don't say wild shit like you do. <laughs> I don't be wilding like that. Like, like, I'll, how about this for a clip? Ladies, do not just bamboozle these men and take their- um, <sighs> <laughs> no do not bamboozle these men get what you want be a masseur woman be a masseur we're gonna tie this back to harlem be a boss woman say what you want get what you want and that's that now if you want a man to dick you down and give you that put that out there put that out there don't, don't be like right. i just want the dick and then expect them to give you the world no i want dick and i want this Let's be friends. Right. That's what a masseur woman would do. Joy is absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just, <laughs> that's just the city girl in me talking. Right. But that. So when you start acting up, dip on niggas. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very interested to see what Quinn does and if they oh, actually, yeah. because it's very unlike her. I feel like what we know of her character so far to have a one night stand. Right. Um, so I'm very interested to see what happens in episode five. Right. Um, but one through four, I feel like has been super interesting so far. So guys, make sure you come back in two weeks for the third episode of Black and Benjamin when we break down Harlem's episodes five through nine. And if y'all had listened to this entire episode and didn't know what the hell we were talking about, but have just been supporting us, love you for that. But I'm gonna need you to get your Amazon Prime subscription. If you need a password, I got, I got y'all. Right. Um, and you need to binge and hurry up and catch up so yes. you can join us in the next discussion. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs>